Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks. Oof, goodness, weird, weird. Well, that's, that's our workout podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Flashback Flicks, the best workout from the eighties. We have to go back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 1996 action adventure comedy Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, I got cabin fever. You got cabin fever. We all got cabin fever. <laughs> and we are reviewing this because there is a brand spanking new Dark Crystal series making its way to Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've already gone through Dark Crystal. We've reviewed that. We reviewed mm-hmm. Labyrinth. Uh, we reviewed Neverending Story. Uh, we are kind of at the bottom of the barrel for uh, other options. Uh, and so we thought, barrel? <laughs> okay. I think we know what we have to do. Mother Treasure Island. No yeah. other options. No other options. But it was a very welcome option. I'm yes. so glad we got to to watch this because it has been a long time since I have seen this. I watched this movie a lot at daycare uh, when I was oh. in uh, uh, elementary school aftercare. Well, that so, seems irresponsible. This seems like the darkest of all of the Muppet movies. Yeah, um, but it, wow. it's one of those things where they're like, oh, the Muppets? Sure. What? The, what's the worst the Muppets could say? Um, opening number, all about death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are getting ahead of ourselves, Grayson. Hmm. Muppet Treasure Island uh, is the Muppets twist on the classic tale of Treasure Island. Now, the original story of Treasure Island uh, dates back to the 1800s. It is an adventure novel by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson, um, a narrating tale of buccaneers and buried gold. And its influence is enormous on popular perceptions of pirates, such elements as treasure maps marked with an X, schooners, the black spot, tropical islands, and one-legged seamen bearing parrots on their shoulder. It all comes back to Treasure Island. And the Muppets, after the success, not the Muppets, but... (laughs) No, you know, I'm going to say in that headcanon that the Muppets... So the Muppets, after the success of A Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, wanted to tackle another uh, classical piece of literature. And it was between Mm -hmm. this and King Arthur. That would have been great, too. Yeah, it's not too late. No. And so they decided to go with Muppet Treasure Island and... That is what we have here. We have Muppet Treasure Island starring Tim Curry as Lon John Silver. Wink, wink. Uh, Billy Conley as Billy Bones. And uh, Kevin Bishop as Jim Hawkins. Originally in the script, the script followed Gonzo and Rizzo as Jim and Hawkins. Mm. But then the studio decided maybe they wouldn't be able to hold the same emotional resonance as an actual human child. And so they gave Jim Hawkins that role to uh, Kevin Bishop uh, and then all of our other merriment of Muppets make their way and we have Miss Piggy Fozzie Bear Sam the Eagle making his feature film debut yeah he's big Kermit the Frog Rizzo the Rat Beaker Bunsen Honeydew Waldorf and uh, uh, sorry I always say Statler first so saying Waldorf first <laughs> confused me uh, Statler and Waldorf it's like saying Hardy and Laurel yeah yeah <laughs> 
uh, yeah, no, it, the, the the gang's all here. Even Rolf, who uh, hadn't yes. been recast since um, since Jim Henson passed away, because they considered Rolf to be the closest to Jim's personality. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in it. He's not voiced by anyone, but he is in that opening tavern scene. Right. Um, but I love Rolf. I love Statler and Waldorf. They've been my favorites for a long time. But I was really glad to see Sam the Eagle have a bigger part because he's just in the one scene from Muppet Christmas Carol, and here he actually has like a a big part as right. uh, as Mr. Arrow. So uh, yeah, it's a, a great use of the cast as well. This movie it, it did pretty well. Uh, it had a uh, an estimated budget of about thirty something million uh and it made about 34 million uh worldwide and Mm. so it didn't necessarily uh make its weight in gold in the box office but it did do very well on vhs uh with rentals and like it you know it was one of those movies that i just watched because someone else decided to play it um and it it also was the final muppet movie to be released on Laserdisc. You know what? I read that and I wrote it down. And as I was writing it, I thought, why am I even writing this? Ricky will definitely have this fact for alternative media distribution formats. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was, I was happy to know that this is the real treasure Muppet treasure Island on Laserdisc. If anyone finds it, let us know. We are at Flashback Flicks on all social media. We need to own it. I mean, I just want to display it on like a little case and so that the laser disc looks like it has a black spot in the middle of it. Oh. It's on the matte black on the back. Uh, but enough of my home decoration. Um, <laughs> I love it when the Muppets take on stories. I think that the Muppets as actors playing the role of different characters is where the Muppets hit their stride because this was so much fun. Yeah. To be able to break the fourth wall that way and kind of wink and, and nod to the audience is is just where the Muppets really shine. Like taking a tour group through and saying, and this is the photo location for Muppet treasure Island. Like, yeah, that's 100% Muppet brand. Yeah. That was maybe one of my favorite gags. Yeah. The, the, the rat cruise is a great way too of being able to infuse comedy even when this when the story needs to be told they say oh, okay well we'll just throw this in it to kind of turn it on its head or on its tail so ah, to speak uh, yeah. and so was this your first time watching the muppet no movie? i i saw this in theaters when it first came out uh, but i have not seen it since so i guess i would have been uh what eight years old when I last saw this, I watched this movie. I definitely watched the trailer for this movie more, um, <laughs> just because I remember Kermit just wailing that <laughs> sword around, saying "Oh, not bad for an amphibian, eh?" Uh, seeing that a ton, and then Kermit doing those flips. And mm-hmm. I just remember the trailer so vividly because it played before so many Disney home videos I watched. And uh, but I definitely did watch a movie. One of my favorite things was I'm not Jimmy Jim 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 Jim. He's Jimmy Jim Jimmy Jim Jim Jim. That's just one of the kid things that just stuck in my brain for like years. Uh, but I think this is actually the first time that I actually um, really connected 
the uh, the original story of Treasure Island mm-hmm. uh, to this movie because you know as a kid when this first came out I'm just like oh cool Muppet Treasure Island um, what a great original story that they are telling because I didn't <laughs> I didn't know of Treasure Island and then when they made Treasure Planet um, you know steampunk futuristic movie uh, oh, yeah but it was basically Treasure Island I said they're making an animated movie off the Muppets? I, I That was my understanding. Oh. But as I grew older, I learned about literature, and the rest is uh, less confusing. This, to me, was like my introduction to Treasure Island, or even, uh, I think, largely just pirates as a whole. Yeah, um, the whole aesthetic. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and it was... It was just, it was great. And um, we'll get into this with uh, some recaps and remakes, but I I have to say, this just might be my favorite pirate movie ever made. Wow, more than all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? More than more, Mutiny on the Bounty? More than what I assume Fast 10 will be about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it'll be a fast 10 slash speed two crossover anyway yeah um, yeah i take life one knot at a time <laughs> <laughs> one league at a time i don't know yeah yeah no no I, I uh, like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. we're family <laughs> kind of speaking of the whole pirate aesthetic i mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about the muppet movies especially muppet christmas carol and muppet treasure island is the poster art that basically makes mm-hmm. it look like the Muppets stepped out of the same studio that made Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, and so this was actually the last um, Muppet movie to use the uh, poster illustrator Drew Struzan, um, thus ending that tradition for the Muppets. Uh, but I think that I thought that was really great. And yeah. I, I really, really uh, think that the poster is as much a part of that like epic level raising of the Muppets um, as the whole movie is too. For sure. Well, even uh, like movies like the Goonies that are kind of so, right. like done in the same style poster wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to the movie's credit, the you're going to tell a pirate story. You have to have some spirit of adventure and that means risk and even death. And I thought it was interesting that uh, Billy Connolly was the first person to die and stay dead in a Muppet movie. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, the, the stakes are, are real. And mm-hmm. that might be why I, that's one of the things I remember most about this movie. I remember three things from when I saw this in theaters as an eight year old. I remember uh, ca- the cabin fever song just cause it was so out there and catchy. I remember uh, just Tim Curry in general being like, the guy from Home Alone 2? And then I remember uh, The Black Spot. Something about The Black Spot always just kind of seared itself. And I think I was genuinely scared of that blind Muppet as a kid. But now yeah. now it's it's you know kind of humorous just the way that they play it. And he's always mistaking things. But I saw that he had like two, uh, two eye patches on either eye. I was like, yes. oh, okay. So they still try to bring some levity to it. But it is genuinely scary. And um, for what I remember, fairly true to to the books as well. But yeah, that black spot always kind of stuck in my mind. Um, But watching it as an adult, not nearly as scary. And um, Kevin Bishop, it was interesting too. One thing that makes it very not scary 
is the uh, sweet, sweet falsetto of Kevin Bishop, who <laughs> went to, he had a, a Terminator T2 Judgment Day uh, situation where he went through puberty during shooting, so his, uh, his falsetto singing had to be dubbed from previous performances um, that they, I guess, had tapes of. Uh, and yeah, had to, had to redo his singing portions, but that kind of struck me that I did not notice last time of his voice seems unusually high for his speaking voice as a human child. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, he actually reminded me a lot of, cause this was his theatrical like film debut. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could have sworn his facial structure looked just like um, our, uh, not Bastion. Um, maybe oh. it's Bastion from a uh, Never, Never Ending, Ending Story, Story? Two. Oh, oh, the fear that, of water. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why he doesn't want to walk the plank. Yeah. Oh, uh, it all makes sense. Never mind. Yeah. Head mm-hmm. cannon canceled. <laughs> we are done here. Did it? You're talking about the pirate aesthetic too, and it's it's interesting. You, I was in my mind, Tim Curry's character, Long John Silver, had a peg leg, which is a very pirate thing. And mm-hmm. they tried to give him a peg leg, but they said it was just too unbearably uncomfortable to have the peg leg aesthetic. So that's why they went with no leg for this shooting. Right, because um, it, yeah. it was pre, um, you know, I guess they didn't have the, uh, the Forrest Gump technology of like we'll just you know we'll just green screen or like we'll just key it out they're like uh we're working with like uh, I, I can only assume hundreds of muppets um we're going to do what we can mm-hmm. and i and i think that that was a really strong choice cuz yeah. it, it it was a very subtle like i didn't like miss the peg leg no no and and they do use green screen for like oceans and stuff like that throughout it but what uh they do just for part of it just for part of it but the muppets did not take off at sea (laughs) the muppets take the caribbean (laughs) um but for him to just the way he moves you're i think that's probably why i remember it as a pig leg your mind kind of just fills it in um ultimately not not a problem um, what I do love, though, is that Tim Curry still considers this to be one of his favorite roles. And I love it yes. when an actor loves the role that they yeah. played, especially years later. And it always just makes I think it makes the experience of watching it even better, knowing that they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and his asides during his song of being like upstage. This is my only number. Like it just makes yes. it even more fun. Uh, so, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I that's also why it's probably one of the three things I remember about the movie is Tim Curry in general, because he just, he milks this for all it's worth and he fills it out and he's scary, but he's funny. And he's, he's the perfect balance as far as an antagonist should be. Uh, and I think like he is the movie much like how Michael Caine was the perfect Ebenezer for Christmas Carol. I, th- I think they have these human anchors that they're allowed, they're able to build this uh, story around. And then they were able to continue that magic w- whenever they did the new Muppet movie with Jason Siegel. He recognized, all right, that's the formula that really works is you get a human, you put the Muppets around them. And I mean, they continued that with the Muppet show where they would have the live host and uh, then fill out the cast from there. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think the the way they execute the story, especially taking something that's a well-known novel and adapting it, it's uh, it's just fun. You know who did not have fun with this was uh, Miss Piggy. The, well, well, kind of, but the Hormel company who makes Spam, <laughs> they sued the production for uh, the character of Spa Am. Um, it was uh, one of the warthog people. So uh, yes. they lost the suit, though, um, because uh, the judge ruled that the, there was no problem here. And they said that they thought that Hormel would actually... Well, they think, they said, the judge said, quote, one might think Hormel would welcome the association of a genuine source of pork. Uh, so <laughs> Judge Byrne. Judge Byrne. Yeah. Yeah, in the uh, in the court of Judge Burns, you've been burned. So yeah, Hormel lost the suit, and they were. And also, it's not the character's not called Spam; it's mm-hmm. Spa Am. Yeah, yeah, completely it's a, different. Yeah, character. it's like dun 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 dun. dun. It's different. Yeah, it's yeah. different. One hundred percent different. No royalties pay. Pressure. Uh, speaking of pressure, Grayson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw this big distress signal out at sea. Oh, oh, if there, oh, okay, yeah. Let let's see what this is. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a distress signal out at sea. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, I live right next to a beautiful uh, lakefront property. Um, yeah, like right out at sea, you can distantly hear see it, and in the distance, it, it was a fire, a big oh. fire. Yeah, I was very surprised. Uh, because they on that boat they had a perfectly good head cannon head cannon that they could have fired off. Uh, there's ever cannon. a movie? Oh yeah, if there's ever one. Uh, head cannon is a part of the show where we share review unique ideas about the movie based on evidence provided by the film. This movie takes place after the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, but before the second. Yes. Okay. Uh. Because the treasures are already missing. Oh. Um, and actually, actually, if I can't, if I remember right, didn't they? They never left with the treasure, right? Not in the first one. Well, I I thought they had to return the treasure. Was the problem they were they did return? It. Okay, sorry, I take that back. So they returned the treasure. Yeah, because of the curse. Right, and yeah. so it takes it does take place after the first one because then because Miss Piggy never left the island. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of her necklace. Yes. Oh. Yeah. She never left the island, so she was never cursed. Mm. And so. Oh, so then Dead Tom could be part of the original crew. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there's that. Also, um, I think that the, the original pirate who buried the treasure Mm-hmm. Um, Flint, Flint, mm-hmm. uh, Flint. I think, and I just need to, you know, do some just gentle um, parts of the Caribbean uh, research. Uh, uh, <laughs> so the first uh, parts of the Caribbean, of course, being parts of the Caribbean. Um, Curse of the Black Pearl. Curse of the Black Pearl. See, I thought it was cur- your caribbean me crazy (laughs) didn't work did not work uh so 
Barboza. Mm-hmm. He just looked like a very Captain uh, Victor Barbosa. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Drush. So uh, distant relatives. That's the main. That's is the it main Victor, thing. It doesn't sound right. Now. Is it Victor Bar- Hector Barbosa? Um, it is Barbosa. Um, <laughs> as far as IMDb is concerned, uh, first name, last name, Barbosa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mario, Mario. Hector Barbosa. Victor Hector. was his disappointing cousin. <laughs> yeah. He he was he was just a, a blacksmith and mm-hmm. uh, he's like oh man it's so cool you're a pirate like well I I make stuff so whatever guys so were you saying that Flint was Barbosa yeah that or depending on how well it holds up because it's been a minute since we watched Pirates of the Caribbean uh, distant relative yeah well the actor the distant relative could have been Victor Barbosa it uh, <laughs> the actor does look like Jeffrey Rush so, just yeah. like him that's why I thought I was like don't tell me don't tell me that they went into Pirates of the Caribbean and they said get me the guy from Muppet Treasure Island <laughs> you know the guy from the first four minutes mm-hmm he left an impression <laughs> on me. It's your cousin, Victor. Victor Barbosa. Have I got a pirate movie for you? Oh, yes. Uh, and that is my headcanon. Great. I love it. I love it. I really struggled with headcanon, uh, to be honest, for, for this because film. Because of how heavy it is? Yeah, because of how, yeah, it was hard to lift the head cannon. And, uh, well, so I got just a couple of small ones that are share. So the the first one is that uh, Rizzo and Stuart Little are relatives because I never noticed how much Rizzo sounds like a Michael J. Fox doing a character. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, secondly, Gonzo is a Time Lord. I don't remember if we said this in Muppet Christmas Carol. We might have. Um and uh, but you know he we know he's from space and he uh, appears throughout history, and he has complete self awareness and a companion named Rizzo. So that's good enough for me. Yep. Uh, thirdly, my third mini headcanon is that uh, Fozzie Bear is experiencing a shining uh, because Mr. Bimble lives in his finger, just like Danny Torrance has in The Shining, and. What kind of rum does he like? Red rum. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's wow. a, he's not crazy. It's just a shining. And oh, you really um, buried the lead on that one. That's amazing. <laughs> that's your that's your opener. And then I'd have to go back to the source material and reread Treasure Island to see if it's supported by this. But I got the feeling that Long John Silver is actually Jim Hawkins' father. I don't know if we're supposed oh. to believe that. Um, but at the end, there's so many like long glance moments that I was like, are they are they saying that he is so um, as things like where he says, well, you didn't get that from me when he's talking about how like how Jim's good, basically. And, and I was like, yeah. well, why would he get that from him? he just has known him like a few months and so it's like, okay, is he supposed to be his dad? The compass, too. The compass is kind of like a totem for the father figure in Jim's right. life. It represents his dad and the relationship with his father. And Long John Silver holds on to that for most of the film um, and then gives it to Jim at the end. Um, could be for the second time. And then... Mm. Um, there, there was also just uh, this kind of strange moment of whenever the, he, one of the characters says to Jim Hawkins, your father would have been proud. 
uh, he looks towards Long John Silver's. I, I also think it's it's not in a, an accident or a mistake that his name is John, and then Hawkins' name is Jim. Like that, Jim and John are sometimes used interchangeably as like one of those half pseudo nicknames. Yeah. So it's like you're you got the same name essentially. So I just kind of thought that that was kind of too much of a coincidence. And uh, I don't, again, that might be really obvious in the book. It's been a long time since I read it. Yeah. Um, but to me, that was probably the most substantial headcanon that I was able to pull from that final scene when uh, old LJS uh, <laughs> sails off. So, yeah, that, that's all I had for headcanon, though. Well, I, I looked it up, and it says that Long John Silver's is an American fast food restaurant chain that mm. specializes in seafood. Oh, you know oh. what? Yeah, that's a different Long John Silver. Uh, but yeah, no. Other than no, I think, I I think that really holds up well. Um, especially when he's just like, I was like, ah, oh, I can't shoot your boy. Like his whole hesitancy of like actually killing him. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, you're so good. He's like, you didn't learn that from me. And he said, I learned it from my friends. And it's just like, oh, oh. like. Yeah, well, because I know, like, Jim is James and Jack can be John, but I thought they could be interchangeable with each other, too, just on the name thing. But, yeah, the the the, the friendships, you do get the feeling that, okay, his real family family was his friends. Mm-hmm. and uh, But, yeah, I felt like there was just a little more that they were kind of hinting at there, uh, which is similar to, like, Pirates of the Caribbean right. with Orlando Bloom's character. And it's like, oh, I want to be, like, I want to sail like my father, and then you find out that he's a pirate, like, that kind of thing, it, it felt very, like it kind of echoed that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, I mean, even if you look at uh, Kermit and Piggy's relationship, it, mm-hmm. like Kermit left Piggy at the altar. Just he's like, I got cold feet. Hilarious line. Your frog is supposed to have cold feet. Um, <laughs> but he he left her for an expedition. And so I think it would follow suit that, you know, Jim, James, um Johnny boy would go out at sea um, mm-hmm. in search of treasure instead of, you know, being there for his son. I, I think the the motivations track, and I would never think that we would have this kind of deep conversation in a Muppet movie. Yeah, uh, well, but we the... should expect it because it's the Muppets. They well, have layers. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, and I, I'm thinking of like Star Wars as well. How Star Wars is essentially like a western pirate genre in space kind of thing where he's like i want to be a jedi like my father before me he goes off on this adventure on a ship and then finds out that well his father was but then became a like dark version of the thing he wanted to become and has ultimately been the villain that he was fighting against but it is his father spoiler alert for star wars uh (laughs) I I just feel like that is the card to play in in this movie as well. You mean to tell me that Star Wars is just a ripoff of Muppet Treasure Island? <laughs> yep, that's I'm oh, glad you got that from that. So disappointed. <laughs> oh, I thought I was watching an original movie. <laughs> yep. You got Beaker and Appleby as uh, C3PO and R2D2. <laughs> Actually, it would be Riz- it would be Rizzo and and, and Gonzo. Oh man! Right? Unless they are Han and Chewie. Yes, they are Han and Chewie. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, 
speaker has to be R2D2 because of the, you know, the, the onomatopoeia communication mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Well, well, the beeping he does. The beeping, all the beeping. Yeah. 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 Or meeping, I should say. Oh, the meeping. Um, oh, yes. And, and the uh, person that sounds intelligent but is actually uh, a failure. I don't know what you got. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's, thwarted that's what... consistently. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, Grayson, I'm so sorry. We are recasting the wrong movie. Oh, that's right. Let's go ahead and launch it to Recast and Remake. Recast Remake. So, if this movie were to be made today, who would you cast with the storyline be? I'm so proud of my Recast Remake. Two words, two conflicting studios fighting for him. Tom Holland. Oh. Tom Holland as. Jimmy Jim, Jimmy Jim, Jimmy Jim Jim. Oh, that's good. Uh, and the rest writes itself. Uh, no, I would actually love to see because I think Tim uh, Curry as uh, Long John because I could tell this time that they were trying to like make you wonder. It's like, oh, is he really someone he can trust? Mm-hmm. But it's Tim Curry, okay? The only other person who I could think that you would be like, uh, it's this person. Of course, they're gonna be like someone you can't trust. Would I? I, I, I thought Samuel L. Jackson. You'd be like, last time I trusted somebody, I lost a leg. Perfect. I wasn't even thinking of that, but that is perfect. Very much like our last episode. I would love for the Muppets to just switch roles, mm-hmm. uh, like an off-Broadway show, just to <laughs> keep it fresh. Uh, I, I just would love to see everyone else, like, uh. Miss Piggy is uh, the main captain, and you know Fozzie is like on the uh, the villain side. Just like all these different things, just just see uh, what different choices these Muppets would make in different roles. I really, really wanted um, for I forget what her name was, but the the woman who like ran the inn or the tavern. Oh yeah. So the the character's name was uh, well, I can't read that. <laughs> this is Blum, Blum Blumberidge. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Blumberidge. Mrs. B. Mrs. B. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was very fun and very funny. Yeah. Uh, she literally walked through a wall, which I remember now. My other head cannon. Yeah. Mrs. That- Blumberidge was played by Jennifer Saunders, by the way. Okay. Who is the the godmother from Shrek 2? Oh, nice. Yeah. And so she was the owner, Mrs. B? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Blue well, Ridge. Uh, so my headcanon for her was that she is a, a great descendant of Mrs. Trunchbull from Matilda. Just oh. due to her great strength, she walked through a building wall like it was nothing. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, for her, uh, just because, you know, they certainly have a type, uh, Glenn Close. Oh, nice. Yeah, Glenn Close, because she loves being a secret pirate, um, <laughs> a la her and Hook. And um, <laughs> I I think that's my main casting. Um, if not Samuel L. Jackson, um, I would love, love uh michael kane oh i had him for uh billy for billy nice. bones yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just oh billy bones yeah 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 i uh, thanks for reminding me billy bones uh billy hater 
<laughs> I'll tell you a story. <laughs> uh, yeah, for for Jim Hawkins, I had uh, Gaten Matarazzo, who plays Dustin from uh, uh, Stranger Things. I don't know how his falsetto is, but I think he could do it. <laughs> Originally, with uh, you know Long John Silver, they considered casting David Bowie and Mick Jagger, but I think for modern day. Um, just because I've been watching a lot of good omens, I think David Tennant would be oh, so good. He's got yes. the, you know, trust me, but then also kind of a dark side. Um, it would just be tons of fun. And he's yeah. he's got the frame for a pirate. I'll just say that. He's yeah. got the frame for it. That's yeah. the reason why he's the current voice of Scrooge McDuck in the DuckTales reboot. Sold. Searching for treasure. <laughs> you found Scottish. it. There it is. Yeah. Um, and then for um, Mrs. B, Mrs. Blueridge, I had Kate McKinnon because she could yes. definitely do that. Yeah, actually, absolutely. And then, like I said, Michael Caine for uh, Billy Connolly's Billy Bones, just to keep it all in the Muppet verse. I considered them maybe doing a remake in the style of like how they're doing cats, where they just do some <laughs> real weird perspective green screen mashup um but what i would actually really love to see for a remake um is gender swap the muppets and have it be the muppets uh treasure island like you said miss piggy would be the captain and then so on um because there there are not a lot of good female roles in the i mean there's mrs b and then there's miss piggy and other than that well, and then the the one woman at roll call. But other than that, they're really it, it's a, a pretty male heavy cast. So I think it'd be fun to switch it. And then, um, kind of as a spinoff of this, then so we have Muppet Christmas Carol, we have Muppet Treasure Island. They were talking about doing um, Muppet King Arthur. I think it would be great to because they really they really shine when they have uh, stories with clear structure to them like christmas carol is very like past present future this one has a clear structure of like mainland at sea island i think that a muppet wizard of oz would be incredible and it could be the wizard of frank oz or (laughs) the wizard of foz so bear grayson how upset would you be if i told you that that already exists uh, I wouldn't be upset. I would feel foolish and sad that I have not already seen it. Well, uh, in 2005, uh, mm-hmm. they did – it was a TV movie starring Ashanti as Dorothy Gale, uh, Jeffrey Tambor as the wizard. Uh, oh, Mr. B. Quentin Tarantino as Kermit's director, but you know how IMDb works. Um, but, yeah, they did a Muppets Wizard of Oz in 2005. Well, um, I want them to make it a full-on theatrical feature release. Just re-release it. Re-release it. Uh, fine, then, because I also wrote, if you don't do a Muppet Wizard of Oz, which apparently they've already done, I want a Muppet Inception. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it, please. Oh, man. I don't know who the human would be. Oh. I mean, maybe you get Leo and then put the Muppets around him, but I also kind of want Kermit as the Leo as the Leo character as Cobb. Yeah. So they they do really good um, remakes of classic stories, but I would love to see them tackle classic movies. So I would love to see a Muppet version of Casablanca, mm-hmm. um, Lawrence of Arabia, um, Young Frankenstein, just classic movies <laughs> that um, that the Muppets. Because I think the Muppets are the only 
um, troop that can uh, tackle those kind of reimaginings or the remakes because it immediately becomes its own genre. It's like the Muppets really, if you look at it, are like the Lego uh, brand of movies. Oh, that's true. So like you have Lego Marvel or Lego Batman, like all these different things where it's just Lego. Like they they, they have their own world, their own rules, and their yeah. own uh, interactions. Uh, the Muppets do the same thing, and I think that um, that's really what we have to look forward to in Phase Two of Disney Plus. We already have a lot of the new series announced, and it's just a matter of time before Marvel Studios presents the Muppets presents. Avengers Endgame. Here's my last pitch for Muppet Inception. Now, imagine having that spinning hallway, but having to figure out how to do it with a bunch of Muppet operators. I'm just saying, that is that is a tough nut to crack for any filmmaker. Challenge has been extended. I want to yep. see it. And you mentioned Legos. Now I just want Brickception as well. So uh, you can remake the classics, or you can remake something that will be a classic. Yeah. A hundred years from now. Just get ahead of it. Okay, now we're going to go into our final segment where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend The Muppet? Oh, sorry. It's not The Muppet because it's cleaner. It's why would you recommend Muppet Treasure Island? So, I'd recommend Muppet Treasure Island because the movie really does have that sense of adventure that you would want from any great pirate film. Um, And what I appreciated about it is, is it makes an entire film genre accessible to a younger generation. Like you said, this was your really first exposure to the pirate uh, genre, that that subgenre of action films, and they play it well. They, they play it um, like something that they love. Like we've talked about how parodies have to be something uh, that you love to really do it right. You feel like they love pirate films, and uh, it, it is fun. It's fun. It's scary. It's thrilling. It's everything that a good pirate movie should be. It just happens to star Muppets. Tim Curry, I, I mean, you should watch it alone for Tim Curry. Um, I've been a Tim Curry fan for a long time, and this is definitely, like, to me, one of the core Tim Curry films. So, uh, which is why I'm so happy that he agrees. Uh, it's one of his favorites. Um, and so, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, it's uh, age appropriate, I'd say, because it's PG, right? Is it G or PG? It's G. It's G? Wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can watch it with the whole family, which, uh, you know, it, you, is not true of Dark Man 2, but uh, this one you really can, even though it does kind of toy with being uh, uh, kind of scary. There, There's jokes in there for parents, obviously, as well, but um, I really think it just end-to-end has the... F- it has everything, really. So uh, I would recommend this movie... Um, over and over again. I'm so glad I got to rewatch it. It's been too long since I've seen it. It's not like Muppet Christmas Carol where I feel like I've seen that like a dozen times. This this is um, kind of a a buried treasure, if you will, and I'm glad we dug it up. Grayson, you save that for the end. end. <laughs> oh, now I have to follow that. I gotta go. <laughs> and if nothing else, uh, I respect the movie for doing a pirate funeral in a kid's movie. Uh, it takes a pretty skilled crafts crafts team, crafts persons to... Um, it takes masters of the craft 
to really walk that line and and do like something like a pirate funeral and keep the stakes high while also keeping it fun. Um, so for every pirate funeral, uh, there's also a rat cruise. Oh, so I would recommend Muppet Treasure Island because uh, of all the reasons Grayson said, um, if you, for some reason, um, are an audience member who has to do a book report on Treasure Island, um, I did okay in school, so this is bad advice, but watch Muppet Treasure Island. I'm sure it covers all the bases. Um, yeah, you can watch Muppet Ivanhoe, uh, Beth. Uh, oh, oh my goodness, Muppet Shakespeare? Yeah. Oh, Rolia, Romeo and Muppet. Um, <laughs> Ham, Hamlet, I guess it's just the same. Mm-hmm. Ha- yeah. yeah, Hamlet, just with a hyphen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seriously, I, Muppet Treasure Island is just a delight. Like Even if the Muppets weren't in it, um, they wrote a very solid script, a very fun, acceptable script that made it um, not just a kid's movie, but a family movie. Um, so it's I, I, I love what the Muppets are able to do with their stories like they're the Muppet characters always add to and enhance the story and never take away from it. Like they always make these classics that you have some reference to feel new again, almost like a you know, a, a podcast that tries to do the same thing. Mm. And for that reason, um, I recommend Muppet Treasure Island because the real treasure is the friends we made along the way. Um, you save that for the very end. <laughs> the very end. And that is our review of Muppet Treasure Island. Let us know what you remember about Muppet Treasure Island on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean a lot to us if you could just stop the podcast like right now, I, I, maybe after the end of the sentence, and give us a rating or review. And a comma, uh, leave us a rating I love that the listener is like, stop the podcast right now. Okay. <laughs> what do I do now? Uh, I should have given more instructions, more clear phrasing. Uh, leave That's on us. us. <laughs> yeah. Leave us a rating and review. It really helps this show get discovered. Uh, by you leaving a review of maybe a five-star, if that was your experience here. Or five-star hel- fish. Oh, five-star fish in Gonzo's pants. Um, okay. That's where they were. <laughs> that's where they were. That's why he has a funny feeling. Um, <laughs> uh, it helps people find a podcast the more ratings we have the more people get to get discovered it's like putting the x on a pirate treasure it's like Mm. oh this rating makes an x which means steer far away from this no it's the opposite because it's a treasure so x marks the spot ratings mark the spot so i've talked enough now stop now pause (laughs) the podcast and go do that please and thank you Welcome back. You came back in time for me to say, and be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Ricky, I hope you like Indian food because we got a double dose of curry with the 1990 miniseries compressed into a film-like state, It. That's it? That is it.
Oh, that's it. Mm, no, just it. It's cleaner. <laughs>